0: Hi I'm Charlotte and I'm Hallie and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed that can help us all to grow.
1: In each episode we spend some time catching up with what we've been doing recently and we share something that we've really enjoyed that we think you will enjoy as well whether it's a book, another podcast, a movie or something else entirely and then we go on to discuss something that we think is really important to right now and you might be um You might be thinking about it a lot, but possibly aren't having the conversations about. So we want to open up the conversations. As always, you can hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on to get our next episode. And if you leave us a review, we will be forever grateful because it really does help us get the podcast out there. Um, Something I realized the other day that we completely missed was our five-year podcast anniversary. It was at the start of October.
0: We spoke about it right before, didn't we? Oh. yeah and
1: then the date the date came and went and one of my friends texted me like congratulations on five years of the podcast and I was like shit I'm glad you realized that is a very good friend
0: tell them thank you from me as well I was like <laughs> I love that neither of us realized but they remembered oh my god that's very sweet of them oh I super sure. missed that well happy five-year anniversary you too my dear
1: we'll do something when you're Related. back um oh yeah It really made me think about the, what's it called, like the pandemic skip that people keep talking about at the moment. Like the idea that for a lot of people, like having those two, three years where things just kind of stopped and slowed down, it means that you feel like you've skipped those years. Um, And originally Mm -hmm. it was a reference to like people in their early 20s suddenly being in their mid 20s. But I keep hearing it now in relation to people who were in their like mid-20s, now in their late twenties, and don't feel like they're ready for any of the normal things you do in your late 20s. I was like, yep. But I think that's why it doesn't feel like five years.
0: Well, in my head, I'm still 28. Like the fact that I am 30 is baffling to me now. Like I I firmly, firmly feel like I am 28. Not like I'm 21 or anything like that it is actually that I feel two years younger than I am and I think it is for yeah. that exact reason that those two years just or two and a half years just kind of blurred together and out of existence so it does not feel like it's been five years for us
1: it feels really interesting because I feel like I'm 27 constantly my cousin actually asked me on Saturday night he went are you 30 yet and I was almost like what I've got years to like that and I was like no I've got oh I've got a few months."
0: yeah it and is like, it is bizarre oh okay I'm not
1: I'm not actually as young as I think like don't get me wrong I know we've discussed it before I'm excited to turn 30 and all of that but yeah it's it's an odd one
0: mm-hmm. it is and Very now weird. I
1: have, like now I've got a cat I have responsibilities there's like a child in training you have a cat I mean I hope my child isn't as weird as my cat is she is oh can you hear him meowing she's like I'm not weird stop making fun of me <laughs> but she's so pretty she's just she's just a funny little thing I'm gonna close my whatsapp because no one needs to hear me getting messages I'm just so popular anyway my dear how have you been how have the past couple of weeks been I say Good. that I mean it's not
0: a We're
1: recording it. We're
0: being (laughs) being very organised. We are recording a couple of weeks in advance because when when this goes out, I will be in Taiwan. No, I think I'll be in Japan. Yeah, you'll be in Japan by then. Very exciting because it'll be the first time that Taylor and I go back to Japan since we met there in 2017, which is crazy. So, yeah, we're really excited to be going back there um just looking for a trip trying to plan where obviously I'm trying to go to every single place I want to go to the, in the entire country but there's <laughs> only a month to do it so clearly I'm being unrealistic but I've not come to terms with myself on that totally yet so
1: you've got time Barry where are you going you're starting in the north aren't
0: you we're flying into Tokyo because we're seeing friends who are coming over from the UK which we're really excited and then we're going to hokkaido in the north and then basically making our way all the way back down to the south we were trying to see autumn like autumn leaves japan's super famous for the autumn colors just as it's famous for the spring blossom but global warming has pushed back the autumn leaves and they're not actually going to be there until end of november or december oh wow yeah past our uh when we'll be there unfortunately we might catch some of them in the north we're hoping maybe but Oh, well, we've always wanted to go back, the two of us, so we're just excited to be there, regardless of whether it looks colourful for autumn.
1: Also, it's an excuse to go back another time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and we've said like this, this will be a bigger trip that we do together. When we go back in the future, imagine our lives will look very different and it would probably be for shorter trips maybe to spend i don't know a couple of weeks in okinawa or a couple of weeks like in the north again for the winter there and stuff so it would be a very different kind of trip so i'm excited to just do what we can on this trip
1: oh it's so exciting
0: it is exciting i feel like um i was about to ask you what you've been up to but the answer would be the same as the last episode that we just recorded yes (laughs)
1: that goes to show like what a little habit and routine we're in of like how we structure an episode um do you want to show your recommendation though because um that is something we do have
0: Mm -hmm. so my recommendation I've already told you about this as well so the last two episodes I've already told you about it before but um it is the outlaws movie on netflix
1: yes i really and... want to see this and i was thrilled when you recommended this because i thought great if you recommend it alex would be like oh we should watch this movie but unless you and taylor recommend like an action comedy movie he's like eh, probably a bit crap
0: <laughs> i mean i should caveat and say taylor didn't watch it with me i watched it on my own but um that was your secret there- It's definitely not like groundbreaking. I did Laugh Out Loud, it's really entertaining and easy to watch. It's an action comedy that follows bank manager, Owen, who is about to marry the love of his life. Um, But he's actually never met his in-laws before the wedding because they work with like remote tribes in the Amazon. Um, But then his in-laws come into town a week early to surprise their daughter and obviously to meet their future son-in-law. Um, and he's like, determined to win them over and goes on a night out with them and everything. And is all too happy to share the details of his job. And then the following day, his mm-hmm. bank gets robbed. And he is convinced that his future in-laws are the bank robbers behind it. Um, obviously, then he can't confront his wife. This is all in the trailer, by the way. This is not me giving you any spoilers. But Then he ends up involved in this hilarious like, criminal adventure um but yeah it's it's nothing groundbreaking but it is really entertaining easy watch if you're looking for something that's not too heavy and just very like enjoyable pop on in the background or a cozy evening after work or something like that definitely recommend it's got what is the guy's name it's the guy that um is in pitch perfect owen is played by um
1: oh and the guy who plays what's his face in modern family
0: yeah, and I can't ever remember his name. He is the main character. And then the father-in-law is Pierce Brosnan. Amazing. It, it is really good. I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a feel-good entertaining movie. So, definitely recommend it's on Netflix if you fancy it. I feel like this is the time of year for that as well. It is it's just an easy, yeah, pop on in the back. If you're not sure what to watch and you don't want to commit to a whole like new series of something or things like that, it's a good good movie for that what is your recommendation
1: i've got another article this week and it is on the every girl it's written by Catherine chang it's called the every girl's complete guide to feminine energy the reason this piqued my interest when i saw it was i feel like the rhetoric around us having had like the summer of girlhood this year was something that i definitely really related to and a lot of people found comfort in and by that i mean like taylor swift barbie friendship bracelets like getting back to doing like nice crafts with your friends and it not all being drunken nights out and those sorts of things that there's more kind of like wholesome very feminine approach to doing things and it's like s club i'm gonna go see s club in a couple Oh, when this comes out maybe i'll have seen s club Oh my god I'm so jealous I can't I really care about it to see them. but it's all of that sort of thing of like embracing the fun embracing that kind of feminine girly approach without it being almost seen as being less than and cringy and all of those things like not being ashamed of being like oh that's a bit young and juvenile so this article really in like really piqued my interest and it very much talks about not like feminine energy in terms of girlishness but in terms of what sits behind the idea of feminine energy that kind of like yin within yin and yang and shikati and hindu culture and it being being about balancing feminine and masculine energies without that being anything to do with being like feminine or masculine male female it's got nothing to do with gender It's definitely very interesting to read. There's like loads and loads within it. But there's loads of benefits to embracing your feminine energy, that more like softer side, um, and how it can really benefit you because our patriarchal society definitely prioritises that more masculine energy of leadership, logic, analytics, achievement focus, um, and how if we don't balance the feminine energy within that, we can definitely lead out there. It can lead to things like burnout, Being quite unhappy, feeling very disconnected, and like you've got nothing left in the tank, and as two people who have often been guilty of burnout, um, I thought this would really relate to you. So I'm going to read you the six headlines of like ways to tap into the feminine energy. I think they're quite interesting, but I would definitely recommend going and reading it because it was a really interesting approach of managing burnout and embracing that like feminine side of yourself um, that I hadn't really thought about before. So. Number one is practicing self reflection. Tune into your intuition in making decisions. Harness your creativity more, whether that's um, new hobbies and being like actually artsy and creative or just giving something new a go. Prioritize your me time. It's like, and not just from that quote unquote self care wellness trend, but actually what you need from that time alone. Um, Allow yourself to just be. This was an interesting one because it very much balances the idea of constantly being on, constantly achieving more, constantly having that um, very focused on the next goal mindset and actually just staying in the moment a bit and then embracing your sensuality. They're very quick to say here, this isn't about sexuality, but about making the most of like all five of your senses. And that can be like enjoying like your favorite food, feeling like the softness of your pyjamas, like the smell of your favourite candle, or your favourite perfume, gentle like birds singing in the morning. There's loads of things that can be. It was just a really interesting article and I thought it was very relevant to um, kind of that rhetoric around the summer of girlhood. And I think it would be a lovely thing to continue.
0: So interesting that you've brought this up because for the last few months I've been working, so one of my clients has launched a new programme I've been working on it and it's launching at the moment. And it is, uh, she's a coach for women and it is a coach. It's a coaching program for female leaders and specifically looking at embodied leadership and seeing embodiment as something that is specific to the feminine energy in leadership. And everything that she's working on is creating a leadership course, which is designed to put your femininity at the forefront. So there is a lot of focus on what there is that like everything out there at the moment is, looks at leadership from a masculine perspective. So looking at numbers, performance, statistics, KPIs, like all of those things. And obviously they are important, but the point she's also making is that there's other things that women by the nature of like maybe having more, and again, this is not a gender thing, but having more femininity can bring to the table in terms of, intuition, nurturing, teamwork, creativity and how to spend more time on those things with the teams that you lead and as I've read more of her stuff and learned more about it in general it is so interesting that then you've said that because I didn't realize that there was maybe like a wider conversation happening because when I was reading I was like this is actually so true like there's so many things from a female perspective that should be brought into leadership that are kind of brushed off because it's all like numbers 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 like yeah. like logistic performance but actually to hear it spoken about in that wider context in the article is kind of refreshing to know about as well I definitely want to give that a read
1: and I do think that whilst we shouldn't need validation and permission to embrace that more feminine energy and to embrace that girlhood side of things it is often quite liberating to be given that permission and quite reaffirming that it's mm-hmm. not
0: just us I don't think we've had the permission taken away every example that we see and everything that we're told and everything that we see kind of uh, like practiced for us when we go into like education or career or whatever is very like we live in a naturally like more masculine orientated world especially when it comes to maybe like a more corporate career path because obviously that that business that industry has been dominated by men for centuries so of course there is naturally more of a masculine energy there like this is not as saying like you like masculine energy can do one like out with the masculine like I think you do need no, a balance of both. but I think it's a nice way to think that there are other ways to incorporate the more feminine into business that are just as valid as the masculine
1: And I think it really encourages you to embrace all the elements of your personality and yourself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's Mm -hmm. really valuable as well.
0: I can't wait to read this.
1: I think you'll really enjoy it. Like it was just me and Beck have a, our friend Becky who got married earlier in the year. We've got a really cozy, like girly weekend coming up in a few weeks time. And I'm so excited because we're basically going to do all of the things on that list, completely unrelated to this list like me reading this list but we were just like oh we should just do that again because we did it a couple of years ago and it was so comforting and when I read this I was like oh I'm so pleased we have that in the diary
0: I love that oh my god oh that's such a good idea
1: I'm so excited oh, oh no hold on the cat is trying to She see me wiggling my toes and she's fascinated by mm-hmm. feet strange little creature <laughs> hi right shall we discuss this week's topic because I'm really excited to um get into this one
0: yeah I feel like you need to intro this because I didn't even know what the term parasocial relationships was until you used the term and I was like oh my god this is everywhere how didn't I know that there was a word I think it's that um what's the effect called
1: when you notice something and then you don't stop noticing it I can't remember yeah absolutely um so for those who aren't aware, a parasocial relationship is it's like a psychological phenomenon. And it's how we seem to reduce that distance between us and often famous figures. But we want to discuss as well about how it's really relevant to just everyday life and the people we have in our lives, in part because of social media. It's that feeling that you know someone intimately when in reality you don't. And it's a very one sided like um I was going to say pandemic, Jesus, very one-sided dynamic because of the nature of how it's crafted. The way in which I've had parasocial, like if someone says parasocial relationships to me, the first person I think of is Taylor Swift. She has Hmm. really curated, and that's a really important part of this, but she has curated that idea that we're all her friends. We know her. She has shared so much of her life through her work, but also social media interviews it feels like you know her. It feels like you know what your friend Taylor mm-hmm. would say. It feels like you might bump into her in Tesco when you're doing the weekly shop and be like, Oh, how's you in ages? How are you doing? And yeah. that is a really interesting phenomenon because obviously we've always had that with celebrities. We've always had that fascination. We've always filled in the gaps. But I think now there are so many more ways in which celebrities can connect back to us. And Mm -hmm. the influencer culture is so much more common that it's even easier to fill in the gaps not only in these like celebrity influencer relationships but also day-to-day with the people you know in your life who maybe you're a bit more distanced from but you kind of think you know it all about them and what they're going through
0: yeah I think the interesting thing about parasocial relationships is that a lot of people experiencing them don't necessarily recognize that the kind of relationship that they have because yeah. by their nature, they are a very like one-sided emotional attachment with celebrity, a media personality. A, like, read, it can even be like a fictional character, which is mad to me. But because parasocial relationship, like by definition is a one-sided relationship, it's exactly that issue of, because social media has like shortened the hypothetical gap I guess, between how close we think we are to celebrities, influencers, famous people, et cetera. It makes people think that they know more about them than they do. And like Taylor Swift is a great example. It her Swifties, but like Beyonce's Beehive, Joe Rogan, the Kardashians, Justin Bieber, even like, I mean, football players as well. Mm. Like, there's so many people who are in the public eye and because they are so much more accessible because of social media it makes people think that they have some kind of I guess a sense of entitlement to know more yes. about their personal lives and then with that becomes an inv- comes an invasion of privacy which obviously is then you're stepping into a lot more dangerous territory rather than just being a fan
1: I think as well it's it's very easy to forget how well-crafted a parasocial relationship can be. And mm-hmm. because of the rise of importance and, like, the, the the kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, the value we place on things like authenticity and we have social mm-hmm. media, and we think it allows people to be more authentic. We, we're very kind of... Um, naive sometimes I think to the fact that they are still crafted relationships that the information that Taylor Swift for example gives us is still very curated I would say the the kind of parasocial relationship that I think we're all more aware that is very curated is the one that so many of us have with Kardashians and Mm -hmm. that in itself I think is quite interesting because you have Kris Jenner who has curated this entire image for entire family so carefully over the past I don't know what it must be the best part 20 years Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. which is wild in itself but at the same time the way in which they talk to camera the way in which they do let you into those intimate moments makes you think you're closer than you are and I think the If we just had one or two examples of it in society, I don't think it would have such an impact. I think where it is so common now, and we often don't realise that it's, that is what we're experiencing. It distorts our perception on what we're owed and what we're entitled to when it comes to privacy, knowing the whole story and having that relationship with people.
0: Mm. I think it's really interesting how that kind of has tied into like cancel culture because that obsessive behavior and that like entitlement to know more about these famous people's lives the way that that translates into real life like we see it over and over with celebrities if if their fans feel lied to or deceived or like their actions don't align with what their fans perception of them is they then there's then I guess it's sort of attempt to cancel them or speak out against them or turn their like fan base against them. And I think that's so interesting because it's come from that place of entitlement to their lives yeah. and thinking that they know this person so, so well, when in reality, like that minutia of the day that they've shown you, like their breakfast, their morning routine, like gym selfies, all of those things, people think that that's a personal window and like revelation of their lives. But it isn't of course it's all curated like of course they're still in the position of power they're deciding what you see still and think it's social med- media has made it really easy to forget that that's still the case
1: oh for sure and i think that's where it becomes tricky and translates into everyday life because it isn't just celebrities it's our friends it's our colleagues it's our family members and we see snippets of their lives on social media or through whatsapp conversations and through voice notes and we think we have the whole picture and we kind of think oh well they said they were busy and then they're doing that like they didn't want to hang out with me or you you don't have the whole picture but where you assume you do that frustration and confusion that can be felt gets translated to people who you can actually have the conversation with and I think that's where it's different if you feel like Taylor Swift has kept something from you if you feel like Joe Rogan has lied to you probably has then you can't really take it out on them you can't have that conversation with them because it is so one-sided whereas when it's someone you actually know you can have the conversation and that in itself then. Is very interesting, I think.
0: Hmm. I think that's an interesting point though, that we've confused those friendships with people online with those that are in our real life. Like I mean, I say we there's not a scenario where I feel like I've done that. But no, me it either. is the bizarre way of I can see how easy it is to live. And I see it sometimes even when people send me a message. And they're like, oh, I thought you were doing this. I thought you were doing that. And I'm like, I am. They're like, oh, but on your Instagram, it says that you're in whatever place. I'm like, I'm not I have my stories and my Instagram content scheduled out like days in advance. Like that's not that's not my life. That's not what my actual life looks like. And then I think it that's where you see how easy it is for someone to mistake what's happening online as as the truth, just because someone's
1: chosen to post it. And also that because they've shared that with you, they will definitely share everything else with you. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just find it really interesting. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying in last week's episode that we touched on about like, no one owes you anything. But I think particularly when it comes to privacy and people's individual stories, you are not owed that. And I think that's something that is quite uncomfortable. And you have to remind yourself, like, especially when you do see celebrities being cancelled or there's some sort of controversy. um, You kind of think but you're a public figure. It's within the public interest to know about it. But actually, is it? I think back to all those years ago when there, who I can't think who it was. It was a footballer who, pretty sure, it had had several affairs, and there was an injunction over releasing who the name was. And yeah, in prime minister's question times in the UK, um, they, they one of the one of the MPs actually released the name because they MPs have the right to break an injunction like that if it's deemed to be within the public interest. And that's a very broad use of within the public interest. And that's how people found out who it was. And I always think back to that because is knowing the inner workings of someone's life within the public interest? I think it's really relevant with the you know, Hugh Edwards news presenter scandal that we had in the UK. I'm actually, I don't really like calling it a scandal. But this situation we had with Hugh Edwards in the UK a couple of months ago where people felt really entitled to know the entire story from the offset and I think so much of that is because so many of us have had him in our homes with us every single night at 10 p.m for years because he presents the 10 o'clock news yeah so Yeah. yeah he has like as far as you're concerned he's seen you in your pajamas when you're knackered drinking your tea when you're ready to go to bed obviously that's not actually what has happened and it really distorts it and so then we think we're entitled to more than we are and Mm. I think that's something that we all just have to be so mindful of because even though I don't think many of us would ever intend for it to happen the outcome of it is that it can be quite um vicious like that that it's that side of cancel culture I feel so uncomfortable with
0: yeah yeah and I think that that's a classic example as well of why you feel you feel entitled to know I guess you feel entitled to the lives of these famous people but it's the exact same reason why you feel entitled to know what's going on in I don't know Haiti from school's life because she's posted something cryptic like you you had a certain amount of time with this person in your life whether it was real life or whether it felt like real life but it was actually just you saw them on your TV every night and it creates that sense of entitlement that you you should know what's going on of course you need yeah. to know what's going on it, the reality is there's there's absolutely nothing about that person's life and I do think there is a very large element of this that is purely I can't think of a more eloquent way of saying it other than like being nosy but mm. people, oh, people nosy love there. to know yeah people love to know what's going on in, in other people's lives and I think to a certain point of that like to a certain point that's it's harmless it's fine you're just intrigued by a person I think that's a very normal behavior but that when it becomes obsessive and you feel like you have a right to know about people's lives or you feel like you've maybe the interactions you've had on social media are the equivalent of a real life in-person reaction then then you're towing dangerous territory there because that's think then it it leads into us impacting like attitudes morals beliefs like social beliefs and things like that you're being impacted by someone you do not even know
1: I also think so much of it like so much of that parasocial relationship part is when you start to bond with someone unbeknown to them when there's a like situation of vulnerability and
0: Mm -hmm
1: you know with celebrities that like with singers sorry that's like when they that you're listening to their music and that's helping you through a hard time or like the example of news presenters they literally it feels that like they come into your home and I imagine it happens a lot with influencers who have podcasts because it is a very intimate form of media mm-hmm. and so it's And I think that's why we get it with childhood friends and like people we went to school with, because actually when you think about it, that is a very vulnerable time in your life. Even though you don't necessarily feel that every single day at the time, you are vulnerable. It is kind of a shared experience. And I think it's important we all just keep it in check a bit and remind ourselves like there is no one on this planet who owes you their privacy, who owes you their story, who owes you anything at all.
0: I think that shared experience thing is a really good point because that link links back to the whole uh like curation of what yeah. people show on social media because at the end of the day that's that's their personal brand right that's what they're marketing themselves as someone who is not always but often what their aim is is to be relatable to you people like joe rogan who come across as this very like he's the everyday guy he's your mate at the bar you go for a drink with like a very casual kind of approachable friend it is that he taps into exactly that kind of shared experience and it's similar with like footballers as well a lot of footballers come from working class backgrounds they didn't come from a lot but they really obviously came very had a talent and they really developed that talent resonates with a lot of people so then people see parallels in these famous people's lives and think oh I, I can relate to that I know I'm similar to that and yes there might be similarities. But again, that does not give you the right or the entitlement to know more about their lives and to, I guess, have access to things and fill in the gaps with information about things that you just don't know about.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just find it so interesting. I feel the whole concept is fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. And if it's something that you haven't really heard discussed before, then you'll probably hear it everywhere now we'll be back next week with a brand new episode discussing the difference between backing down and stepping back um which is something again we often have a conversation about so we're excited to bring that to you guys as well but in the meantime we hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to hit subscribe if you do want that episode in your subscription box bye
0: bye